Hey everyone, this is Daquan and Destiny is my auntie and you're now listening to Chronicles of Divine Destiny. Alright! Hey y'all! <laughs> wow, welcome back. Did y'all miss me? I don't know. I think so. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still goofy, y'all, but welcome back to my update episode. It's been a long time. Some of you are still following me on social media, so thank you so much to my supporters who's just been rocking with me from day one. But um, as promised, I am back <laughs> and I have an update for you all. Like, where do I start? Okay, so <laughs> Miss Destiny Blues was my last episode before this one. And I just was letting you guys know about everything that I was going through leading up into my surgery. So this is everything that has happened after my surgery. So um, the morning of, <laughs> so actually not even the morning of, just leading up to the morning of my surgery um I was having a great time <laughs> I saw a new edition you guys know I am a super fan I love me some new edition every time they come I'm going so yeah I saw a new edition Keith Sweat and Guy I miss Tank I was so mad but anyway that <laughs> a reason why I miss Tank and let me tell y'all something I just got to share this so probably 2010 or 11 i seen tank in concert i was never really a big fan of him i was more i went just to see genuine i've always been a huge fan of genuine because of the whole super friends thing missy elliott timberland magoo all that like i was in the and if well he's not from va but you know he was with my va crew and and he is fine. I don't really, you know, I, I talk about how fine men are. And they typically are dark skinned, but he's a fine <laughs> light-skinned man. Don't come for me, y'all. But uh, yeah, I think he is very handsome. So I was going for Genuine because I have saw him before in the past, but haven't seen him, you know, later in life. But anyway, so Tank, baby, <laughs> he's a performer, okay? Vocally, uh, visually. He's going to give you your money's worth and then some. I don't want to just give it away, but let me tell you, go see Tank. He is worth it. I seen him twice. I wanted to see him again, but I missed out because I was trying to find parking. So anyway, I went to the concert and I got the tickets out of Baltimore because I was trying to be close, but I didn't want to pay as much. And floor seats are overrated. If you're not on the first, the second, or the third row, I'll even give you the fourth. Don't get a floor seat. It's overrated. They make the seats. It's, I don't know who they think can fit in these seats. They don't make them for fat people. They just try to squeeze so many seats together on the floor so you can be on the floor. And if you're not tall or wearing really high heels, you will not be able to see. I was sitting next to a guy who was two of me, and he could barely fit in a seat. Then I'm sitting in my seat scrunched up. Then I had two other women because of I couldn't fully sit in my seat because the guy next to me was taking his seat in half of mine's. They couldn't sit next to me. 
in their seats that they paid for. Now, where they went at, I have no idea. So the people came and tried to disconnect the seats. They had them connected. I'm like, why do y'all have them connected if the people can't even pull them apart? But anywho, parking in Baltimore. I will never try to find parking again. Okay, it took me over an hour or so to find parking. And I left early. So I thought. Now, I won't say next time I will just pay for parking in the facility. But to get in the facility, the traffic was ridiculous. So basically, what is best to do is to come very early. (laughs) And that area and maybe two hours earlier than what the concert should be. And just uh, eat dinner and then go to the the, um concert that's what a lot of people had did i would know next time i really just don't want to go baltimore for one i don't know the area i finally found parking so i get there and tank is off the stage but as soon as i get there the group guy is up there and i was like oh yes you know i am such a huge (laughs) guy fan my mom my mom put us on to so much music growing up because like they say them 80 babies i'm not an 80s baby i am but i'm not because i was born in 79 but my birthday's in October. So I really didn't enjoy the 70s. I didn't, I'm more of an 80s child. Anywho, Saturday mornings was Anita Baker, Sade, Guy, Keep Sweat. Like, that's what's the music that we were hearing in our house. So to get to see them performing, I wish I could have saw them in their prime. But I didn't grow up in a family like that where we had money like that to go to concerts like that. So I'll see them now. And it was really, really good. Teddy, um, uh, Teddy Riley is... Uh, I mean, he is definitely like that. So, hands down, good concert. Aaron Hall, voice a little, you know. <laughs> it, it was not horrible, I will say. It was not horrible, but it was not as crisp as back in the day, I'll say. Maybe come from smoking, drinking, I don't know. But they are very physically fit. Him and his was especially Damon Hall. When I say want an ounce of fat on this man body, nowhere like cut up. i would love to learn his weight loss regimen his workout techniques like because at the mid he's mid 50s he looks amazing like amazing shout out to damien hall google or google him instagram him check out the body is really nice so yeah had a great time then after that keep sweat keep sweat gives a really good show and he is funny <laughs> Because <laughs> ever since that versus, everybody know that verse between him and Bobby Brown, he was drunk on that joke. And he always make a joke about that. But he had his little drinks and whatnot, but he gave a really good show. And his voice is really good. Even though he sounds like a billy goat, like whining, ain't it, baby, I know. <laughs> it was still a good show. But then my boys came on. Yes, new edition. I was so excited because y'all know I'm Ralph Trasvan's wife. <laughs> Not really, but you know, that's my first crush ever. Going to be my crush until the end of time. Had my pink dress on because I was a candy girl. <laughs> I got a lot of good footage this time because my very first time seeing them, I was in the nose bleeds at the Capital One Arena, like way up. And I, I could not see a thing. And I, wouldn't, I was like, no, nah, I need to be close. <laughs> So I got some really good footage that will last me a lifetime. But this time I do know where 
I can actually sit at to be get a better view of the concert. Like you need to be kind of up in the level one area, like right overlooking the stage. Cause they'd be like right there and they always come there to sing. So next time Ralph, I'm going to be right there with my, with my poster ready. <laughs> so then, okay. I had my night of new addition and then my bestie came into town to see me before, you know, I had my surgery to spend time with me, which was so great. We had a great weekend. Of course, we was eating good, talking good, doing what we do, talk about the same stuff as if it was new. <laughs> but that's just what we do. We um, went to see Jonathan McReynolds, um, took pictures, had a great time. Then my mom came. Um, then we got ready, you know, prepare myself mentally for surgery. I had to get up. My surgery which was crazy because leading up to it, they told me that my surgery was going to be at 12 o'clock. I'm like, all right, I'm not used to having surgery that late in the day, day, but for some reason they said it was at 12. Then I got a call again. It was like, oh, it's at nine o'clock. I was like, okay, so now I'm mentally prepared for nine o'clock. Then I get a call again the day, two days before Friday, well, Friday before they was like, oh no, miss, um, your appointment is going to be at five in the morning your surgery gonna be at five in the morning i'm like five in the morning i was like okay i mean it ain't like i can't not be there so i'm prepared for you have to take a shower and dial soap like literally from head to toe you can't put no lotion on no fragrances can't do your hair i got some braids because you know what we do as black women we're gonna get some braids <laughs> protect the style if we're going into any type of thing and as i shared in my last episode how i was so nervous about being put under i'm not even gonna lie just gonna be honest your girl was like you know if i'm if i'm gonna be gone from here at least my hair gonna be laid i gotta worry about getting a little grandma wig which i am gonna be a treat anyway but that's a whole never story <sighs> so yeah that morning i listened to my I had my playlist for <laughs> my surgery and me and my mom was listening to it then we drove down there and checked in i was a little nervous but then it's like okay i'm here now like what can i do and I'm laying in, the anesthesiologist came in there, put the IVs in. And he was like, you know, I'm going to give you the other IV once we go into surgery. But right now we bought the wheel you in. So the guy, my, the nurse, my support nurse that was beside my bed, um, he was like, hey, I'm going to be there, you know, because I know you can't have family, but I'm going to be there with you the whole time in support and advocating for you and i'm like okay thank you and then all of a sudden they gave me this shot and that's all i remember <laughs> that's all i remember i don't remember anything else after that other than me waking up and then when i woke up they was like oh she's awake and i'm like okay so the nurse is looking at me so they were trying to send me home you guys and I was not having that. But anyway, I woke up. He was like, okay, so once you use the bathroom, we're going to prepare your paperwork to send you home. And I was like, y'all not sending me home. <laughs> now, I'm in pain. Just had surgery. Can't barely move. But I'm just letting them know that y'all not sending me home. Because ain't no way y'all sending me home after that surgery. So... I get up. When I say the bathroom was literally like four steps from my bed, I was struggling. And those nurses, I'm not even going to lie, they did a poor job in trying to help me get out of the bed. I know my big girl, but baby, they did not do a great job trying to get me out of that bed. They kind of make you try to do more yourself. So anyway, I finally <laughs> went to the bathroom, 
got back in the bed and I was like, I'm not going home. I don't care what they talking about. So they was like, the doctor, Dr. Gamble was coming in. So she came in. She was like, hey, Destiny, how are you? She's like, oh, do you feel like you're up to going home? I said, no, and I don't want to go home. I was like, I need a night here. And she was like, you're right. We're going to make sure that you stay here. I was like, thank you, because I won't go anyway. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going. Y'all not going, you know, send me home. I need an overnight stay because I want to make sure that I'm good. Like, I just had major surgery. I don't know what's going on in these people's head. <laughs> like, I understand it was a, a laser type incision, but still, like, it's major to me and I did not want to be home or whatnot. So now here's the thing. They can't find me a room. So I've been having issues <laughs> with um, this hospital having beds. For some reason, everybody in Southern Maryland was sick and it was hard to find beds. So you guys know my whole journey. If not, I recommend that you listen to Miss Destiny's Blues about just emotionally how I've been feeling about not being able to have kids after the surgery, dealing with infertility for many years and things of that sort, you know, like I'm just going through a lot. And they was like, well, the only rooms that we have is on the maternity ward. And I'm just like, oh God, Here we go again. Like, Lord, you're going to have me on a maternity ward and I'm over here like emotional because I can't have baby. But you're going to let me be on a maternity ward where that's all I'm going to hear and be with women who's had babies. So luckily, I'm on. Um, they take me to the maternity ward, which is even more insane because the transporter that's taking me to my room is pregnant. And I'm like... She can't help me get in this bed. If I had a hard time getting out my bed to go to the bathroom, I know it's going to be a hard time for me to get in my bed. And she pregnant. She really can't help me. So I'm like, she trying to help me. I said, ma'am, I said, let me just do this. I said, I'll just try my best until somebody come up in here and then I'll scoot up some more or whatever. She was like, okay. She couldn't, I mean, yeah, okay. Like, as you know, you can't help me. I don't even know why they have you pushing people around. <laughs> you big and pregnant. I can see her belly. I mean, she ain't nine months, but I can see that she was pregnant. So my nurse come in, such a sweet girl, like such a sweet girl. And she comes in and she helps me with my gown, help me lay down in the bed, help me lift the bed up. Cause I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even, I didn't even know how to work the bed. So... I'm in the um, room that have on the, the my chart on the, the wall about, you know, what what I'm there for, who my doctor is, who my nurse was. And she came in and me and her were talking and she asked me, like, you know, just how I was feeling. And I told her and I come to find out that me and her both had PCOS and we were just talking about our journeys with just infertility and taking medicine and stuff. And she was also a believer. We was talking about how God has been, you know, sovereign during those times. And I encouraged her as well as she encouraged me. And it was just really, really sweet to just have someone who understood to be my nurse. And like literally any and everything I wanted, she made sure I had. So they was calling, of course, to give us food. And the food was beyond disgusting. But I, I've i had surgery before because I had my appendix removed. So I know 
even though I was on a regular diet, the stuff that they have, I really couldn't eat. So I just asked for broth. I was like, give me some broth and crackers, like something or whatever. So my um, then my first nurse leaving, then I had my um, afternoon evening nurse. She comes in. So she keeps checking on me about my pain. So they give me some type of pain medicine or whatever. And when I tell y'all, I was getting no relief at all like I still was a I wasn't a 10 because the reason why I say I'm not a 10 for me to be a 10 I have to be like crying in excruciating pain and I was none of that so I kept saying I'm an eight eight almost a nine and she was like okay so she would come and she was like how do you feel and I'm like I'm still an eight almost I was like I just don't feel no relief I'm not even able to sleep I can't even I don't even feel good or whatever. So she was like, I need to, let me call your doctor, see if I can give you something stronger. So these people was just only giving me Tylenol, y'all. Tylenol. (laughs) I just had a muscle cancer removed plus a partial hysterectomy. And you giving me Tylenol for pain. But anyway, she was like, oh yeah, Dr. Gamble's uh, authorized us to give you something stronger. And she said, I'm going to give, she said, it's going to burn a little bit. And she was like, but you're going to feel real nice. <laughs> and baby, when I tell you, when she gave me, I think it was Tramadol, it, but it was a liquid version because it was giving it to me through my IV. Baby, I felt amazing and I was sleep. Okay. I was out because I couldn't sleep because I was in so much pain. But I slept really good. The respiratory nurse came in and gave me a CPAP. I was out for the night. <clears throat> so the food was disgusting. They kept calling me, oh, you can order food. You can um get this and that. I'm saying like, it's nasty. Like this food is freaking nasty. So my mom had bought me some. I think they had like a Starbucks or something in the building. So she bought me some from Starbucks. And then... um. And, you know, my friends came to see me. So my brother came. My, my mom was there, of course. So also I had such a great support the day of my surgery. I don't want to overlook that. My mom was there. My pastor was there. And my best friend dad was there. To They all was there to be with my mom as I was in surgery to comfort her and just to be um, emotional support. And I, when I say I cannot stress enough about the support that I receive before my surgery after my during my surgery and after my surgery it was just really great so you know my friends stuff came to see me um I finally got comfortable in the bed (laughs) bed so now it's discharge day and a nurse that haven't been in the room before she comes in there and she's looking for a baby and the reason she's looking for a baby because we're in the maternity ward (laughs) And she comes in my room and was like, oh, well, where's the baby? And I'm like, I didn't have a baby. And she was like, so now she's looking like, oh, God, like, I probably shouldn't have asked that. And I was like, well, I didn't have a baby. And she was like, oh, so what What did you have? And I'm like, this lady's asking me, what did I have? I said, well, ma'am, I had surgery. I had a partial hysterectomy. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. 
And she's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. I said, oh, it's fine. You know, I mean, it is what it is. She was like, do you have kids? I was like, no. She was like, oh, I'm really sorry. She said, but you can adopt. And I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. Um, I don't know how to put it. I have an episode two where I talked about, you know, I had a specialist that was with me that, um, talked about like infertility like you know no just natural ways to help with all that and she had some issues with um getting pregnant her second go around so she adopted but she was just saying like she wanted to let people know that adoption doesn't fix the issue and it doesn't I mean I haven't adopted but you know in, in my mind it's nothing like wanting to give birth to your own children and me adopting the child because I can't do that doesn't make it, it doesn't fill that void, honestly, for me. Now, for some people, it is. And I would say probably like right now, I can't, um, I'm just not open to adoption. Um, I'm not even open. I don't even, right now, I'm not even thinking that I'm really open to wanting to have any children. You know, I'm just like, maybe it's just for me to be without kids and I'm okay with that right now. In the future, that may change. I don't know. Maybe when I get married, I'm praying that my husband have children already. So he's not looking to have kids or even be like Viola Davis, like her husband has kids and they adopted. I don't know. I'm just right now. I'm just not open to it. And like I said, it can change in the future, but I don't know. Um. So yeah, that, that kind of, they know kind of that hurt my feelings. But she ain't know. I am in the maternity ward. So, of course, you come in and look to see the a baby. <laughs> so, she helped me get together, get myself ready to discharge and whatnot. I come home. My first night home was definitely a challenge because I have this incision under my belly. And I cannot sleep how I like to sleep because I'm someone who sleeps on their side and on their stomach. And I only could sleep on my back. And when I say it was the worst pain, it was like my back pain was hurting me more than the actual incision on my stomach. So, yes, I'm going to also rewind back a little bit before I get discharged because my doctor saw me before I left. So Dr. Gamble came to check on me the day I got discharged. She had to see me first. And she was like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to see how you're doing everything. I want to check your incision. She looked at my incision. Everything looks fine. Um, she, uh, she was like, so I just want to let you know that the mask that we took out of you, she said, took me three and a half hours to remove. And the size of it was the size of an infant's head. She was like, it was so big. She was like, it took me, she said, cause they were going to cut me like in a cross to get it out. But she was like, I kind of just want to keep it like a bikini line type cut so you know I can just get it out and I was like okay you know whatever y'all need to do just do it because <laughs> I'm like I just need this stuff out of me and um I'm like this is so crazy right so this is how my mind thinks I'm like God you didn't allow me to you didn't allow me to experience a full-term pregnancy but I went through everything that a person would go through that has a full-term pregnancy 
my uh, landlord dog's barking. I hope y'all can't hear it, but yeah. And um, <laughs> it's so crazy because they were quiet all the time. And then as soon as I started recording, they ain't barking. But anywho, so I experienced like a C-section type of procedure. I had a, a mass inside of me the size of pretty much an infant's head. So that's like a baby. And I was in a maternity ward. So I experienced everything <laughs> without having a child. And um, it was interesting. But I'm like, okay, God, is this like, I just like, God, you just, okay, this is what we over here. <laughs> but um, emotionally, I handled it well. And I, like I told y'all, I'm in therapy. So, of course, I talked with it with my therapist. And she gave me some healthy tools in uh, processing just that whole ordeal which was great and um yeah so now I'm home and I'm recovering and my friends are coming over and they're putting stuff together and fellowshipping and some of my church family come and spend time with me bring me food and it just was so great like I had a lot of people checking up on me some of my co-workers came to see me which was great if they couldn't see me they called me they text me stuff like that you know it was just really good. I just had a a good time recovering and then I didn't. <laughs> so just like it's when it's a good time, there's always a sad time. So um this year had just been really, really crazy <laughs> dealing with just everything. But um <clears throat> yeah. So as I'm recovering, I'm, I'm just thinking. And one thing I'm learning in life is you know who is there for you when you get married, you give birth, you have children, um, you experience grief, or you have like a major life change like cancer, surgery, whatever. You know who's there for you. So with that being said, I had um, two individuals in my life that I really thought would be there for me, and they wasn't. And I also learned with me grieving, a lot of times I expected people to be there for me. I expected certain people. I'm like, wow, this person really didn't call me. Oh, wow, this person really didn't check up on me. And like, that was very hurtful because you feel like we're close. And I do understand like life happens. You have your kids, you have things that you're doing. Like I understand. But one thing that I also understand that people make time for things that they want to see and things that they want to do. I am definitely one of those. I make time. And um, I also learned that I can expect me from other people as well. <clears throat> so, yeah, so with not only losing my ability to have children and stuff like that, I've lost two friends. And, you know, um, I won't go into details because they can't speak for themselves and it would just be like me gossiping. But um, um, one friendship was... You know, I felt like probably should have ended four years ago, to be honest. You know, um, you know, I just have this one. She was just this one person that like every year we would just get into it. 
about something and it'd be major and it'd be me of course uh, like in the, in my feelings and she never remembered stuff that she does and I'm somebody that remembers everything good and bad and I just felt like because of how long we were friends and I mean I, I love her I still love her now but I'm just know that I feel like I can't trust her and I can't have her to be there for me and you know and that's okay like, I don't hate her. I don't wish no ill will. I, if I see her, I speak. I just know that we can't be close. And and I'm okay with that. And I don't think that's really how she wanted it to end. And it's, and I think just... Because friendship in it is just like relationships. Like, it's like you with your man or something. Like, it really feels like that. And I know that was part of... um why it took me so long to just like stop dealing with this particular person and um you know I'm just like you know yeah I'm just not really feeling it and I just felt like with these two individuals like of all the times in my life yes you have been there like it's been things that you have been there for birthdays and stuff like that but when someone is your friend that's stuff that you do but like right now was a time that I really, really, really needed them. And it's not that I didn't have anybody, because I think if I didn't, it probably would have destroyed me. But thank God I did. But I wanted a FaceTime. If you couldn't come FaceTime me, because like I said, it's life. Life happens. But I know me, I'm going to be all up in your face at your house doing whatever, because that's just me. I am that type of person. I'm a loyal person by default, which is also a a problem. (laughs) But, you know, I feel like I got to go through the trenches and be the ride or die for everybody. And you can't be like that. And, you know, it's been times that I've been over and beyond for someone and I didn't get it back. And, you know, at this point, it is what it is. And. I'm learning also this year has been a season of loss for me with losing people like Miss Paula and um, losing friendships. And one friendship I really wasn't even trying to end. But like I said, I just <laughs> I hate that I can't talk about it because they ain't here to defend themselves. And it always, you know, I've been told <laughs> That when I talk, it sounds like gossiping, but I'm I'm trying to grow in that area. <laughs> I ain't perfect, but you know I just choose not to do to talk about it because they're not here to defend themselves because they could feel totally different than what I feel, which most likely they probably do. But as I was saying, I'm just I also suffer like friendship loss, and you just know who's there for you, and who's not. And um, one thing I will bring up that they both said. They saw me post on social media. And with that being said, I chose to delete them off of social media. Because I'm like, if you're my friend, like, I don't care if I see you posting on social media. Because I know people who post on social media be showing that they having a great time. And we've all seen the experience, like, seen it with uh, Twitch and all those people. And that, that lady that was a beauty queen who jumped from the building posting was and you had no idea and these people are dead from suicide are dead from suicide so yeah 
You can't go off of that, especially when you, I can say, not, you know what? I'm not even going to say they, those girls were like, I consider them like my sisters, like my little sisters. That's what I consider them as. And, you know, life is what it is. <laughs> and people are seasons. Some people are lifetime experiences. And, you know, I'm just too old to be just going back and forth with just a lot of things stuff. I'm I just am. But um yeah. Your girl is doing well. I'm 100%. You know what? Let me rewind that cuz I'm not 100%. <laughs> I'm not 100% cuz I'm still having some issues and things going on with me that is not that great. That hasn't been that great. Um I woke up one morning, couldn't walk. I was on crutches, trying to figure out I'm having issues with my legs. Like, this is stuff that's happened since I've been back at work. And it's just been a challenge. Like, I'm still having some health issues. Um, I'm, I still have the brain tumor that hasn't went anywhere. Um, even as of recently, I was dizzy at work. Like, it's just so many things that's just going on. And I'm like, God. Like, all this stuff is just happening, and it's just, I'm tired. Like, I am really tired. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of not knowing what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, like, my update on just me recovering and, and where I'm at now. I'm back working. I'm doing things. I'm trying to... Uh, Get adjusted and do what I'm supposed to do and all that great stuff. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. So yeah, with that being said, I just have some a little sad news for you all. <laughs> yeah, it be like that sometimes. So <clears throat> with a lot of thought and prayer and just going through everything i have decided to end chronicles of divine destiny podcast when i tell you (laughs) that is a very hard decision to make um god has just having me to do so many other things um i will have some type of platform but this chapter in my life has ended. And um, but this is not the final episode. I have two more. One is um I have two more. <laughs> and um, so yes, after this, it will be two more episodes, and that will be the final ending. And um for all those who support me, if you want to leave a message, you want to see in the send an email. I do have a message message button where you can leave a voice message. Um, if you go through the notes and stuff on my podcast on Spotify, it's a button you can leave a message. Um, yeah, or a video you can send a video to my Instagram. You can do all things just to show your support and. I'm very grateful. I started my podcast during a pandemic 
and I've been rolling and I've it's like I've shared everything with the you know the next episode after this is going to be the completion but I've shared everything and up to where my life is at now and um yeah and that the whole purpose like for me having this podcast is was to share my testimony to share my life um with you all and now I'm at the end of that not my life but just my story my testimony you know I know I have like more life to live because God sees fit to wake me up and um but yeah Chronicles of Divine Destiny podcast is has come is coming to an end and um yeah (laughs) I am very grateful for those who have been on this journey with me who been rocking with me even enjoying my podcast like I'm still (laughs) in awe of people like oh I really love your podcast and I'm like I just feel like I'm just I'm winging it like y'all I'm really winging it but one thing I will say I am a very uh talented person and be on the lookout for what's coming you know be on the lookout for what's coming because I am definitely doing another platform but this chapter of has to close and i'm still divine destiny (laughs) that's my podcast name i'm gonna keep that forever and that's just it you know goodbyes are always hard so that's why i'm not saying goodbye i'm saying see you later because like i said i am working on something else and just be on the lookout for what i have coming <laughs> yeah so podcasting has changed a lot since i've been podcasting you know a lot of people want to see and they want visuals they want this and that and you know your girl is working on something so yeah <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in from 2020 to now and um yeah it's really sad. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's sad. But um, I'm grateful. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.
wanna go to hell, got my costume, got the applause at the end. Perform, perform, perform. Everything was just for the show. It was what they wanted to see. I was what they wanted me to be. Kind of. Open the curtains before the show, you would see a sign of a kid living in a dog life who was really scared of the one he was told to love. Cause I didn't know that you really, really love when it's just honest. Can I be honest? I just wanna tell the truth to you.